This is Paul Brooker, and you're listening to the Film Focus Podcast. Well, it happened again. Yeah, Manchester United, last minute, and then all of a sudden... Something stupid happens and they steal the three points away from the Mighty Whites. So we've convened a little bit of a therapy session with Sam and Wigo and myself here on your Full and Focus podcast as we look back to Saturday's defeat against Manchester United. We're going to talk about the protest, lots of other things, but I'm sure it's going to be a bit of moaning for the first part. But then that's what you all tune in for. So thank you so much. Welcome to your Full and Focus podcast. I'm Boney. Let's get this thing going. Fulham. Gentlemen, it's been a couple days. We've calmed down. Wigo's got a new phone. Things are looking up in the world. How are we feeling now? I'm still pissed off. I'm still fuming. It's like last year. <laughs> That's because the new phone yeah, hasn't updated yet. There's nothing to do with that. It's a, it's like it's like it's deja vu all over again. Literally a year ago, we lost to City in the last minute, followed by losing to United in the last minute. You know, it's lucky we don't have City next week. Otherwise, you'd think there's a glitch in the matrix or something. Um, but again, we didn't deserve to lose, and it was our own fault. We should have cleared our lines, and we got punished. And ultimately, players like Fernandez, even though they're a diver, um, players like that will punish you. And he did. And that's just the reality of it. We've got to cut out those mistakes if we want to start picking up points because we're not scoring. So, you know, let's not give a, give away any goals with stupid errors and we might actually pick up a few more points. But one of those things. Yeah, it was a, a very frustrating afternoon. And I think I would have said that if it had ended nil-nil. Um, but the fact that we've been undone by a, a stoppage time winner again just makes it all the more hurtful. Because, I mean, this was a real missed opportunity, another missed opportunity. And that's, well, let's face it, that's something we specialise in at the moment. Um, a fourth match against Manchester United in a year in which we were the better team. And the fourth that we've lost and the second time we've done it right at the death. Um, and it's also the second time this season where one of the supposed big clubs in the Premier League has, has turned up at the cottage devoid of any confidence. And we've, we've let him off the hook. And I mean, I, I said during the second half that I think this is the most damning thing is that they're the worst team I've seen at the cottage this season. And when we played Sheffield United at home and Luton at home and, you know, probably more to the point, watched us play up front with um, Raul Jimenez up front. It's, yeah, that, that doesn't really say much about Manchester United. And I think we can, we can analyse sort of individual moments that happened at both ends of the pitch, but I feel like this was just yet another game that was lost by incompetence that took place off it that ensured that the striking options that we currently have are you know, what we were dealing with in the first half of the season. Um, you know, it's nothing that hasn't been said on numerous occasions previously by fans, by us on this podcast, but to not build on the accomplishments of last season and to leave us in this situation just seems gross negligence sort of more and more each day and um, yeah I'm angry and I haven't even got any phone so it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's hard to take even two days on I I was on holiday in Wales lis- listening to it on the on the fuller map so yeah I guess maybe being two seconds away from the pub to drown my miseries afterwards was probably made it feel too bad but let's Let's delve into this particular pile of poo. There's not a peanut in it, but we'll we'll see what we can find. Because there was a few things that smacked of positive thinking on on, Mark, on Marco's point. Wobi starting in the eight. I would have preferred him personally in the ten with Pereira benched and maybe um, Lukic starting there. But that that was just my opinion. So th- there was a positive change in that. But the big news was up top as Rodrigo Muniz 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 was leading the line for a change. 
yeah, Manchester United team is uh, Sodom, you know, whatever. Scott McTominay didn't want to come, so why should we talk about him? Well, we're going to talk about him in a minute. But that was the big thing with Muniz starting up top, which goes to your point, Sam, about our strikers, that the three we have, it's almost put your hand in a bag, pull one of them out, and they're going to get the shirt at the moment. But I thought Rodrigo did rather well. He was industrious. He was doing what he does, which is just cause a nuisance. He's like the kid on that school that you put on for the last 10 minutes who just runs around like a crazy person for a bit. But it kind of worked. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law's just got a new puppy and we went, went around to see him. Sort of very similar vibes to to Munez playing up front. Um, I, I, I really like the guy. Um, and it was a sad end to his afternoon in terms of the injury and sort of how visibly emotional he was with that. And I hope it's it's not a serious one. Um, I thought he did well, uh, as I thought he did well when he came on at Brighton. Um, certainly sort of changed the game in our favour for that day. Um, and he looks a better player than I think he was when we... We sort of first had a real look at him in the, the championship promotion season. Um, his movement is good and his hold-up play seems to have improved a lot. And that at least did cause some issues for the United defence and it allowed our wide players to, to be much more threatening. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to be the answer long term. And it seems like at the moment, whichever one of the three strikers is sort of playing the least is the one that's viewed most favourably by the fans. Um, statistically, I mean, he only had 23 touches on Saturday, just six of those inside the penalty area. A couple of shots, but sort of not much to get too excited about. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 I sort of happily see him again if he's available between sort of now and January. Um, but I don't think we, we really should be pinning our hopes on someone who, who couldn't really get into the Middlesbrough team in the championship last season ahead of Cameron Archer and Chuba Akpom, So He's, he's going to score a hat-trick at Villa now, if he's fit. Oh, I, I really hope he does. <laughs> he can celebrate in my we face. Go. Oh, yeah, def- definitely celebrating all our faces. It'll be an overhead kick as well, just to, to make it for for all-time vibes. Wigo, what, what was your thought of the squad when you saw it? Um, yeah, interesting. I'm... Um, I'm still not wholly convinced on Pereira this season, if I'm honest with you. He did well when he came off the bench against Brighton. Um, Yeah, he looks a completely different player, so fair enough for starting him. However, I'd have probably put him on the bench again. I don't don't think he's set the world alight since coming back from injury. I think Iwobi is exceptional. And if you'd asked me that at the start of August, I'd have told you to piss off because I used to think he was crap and I made that feeling clear at Everton away yeah I, I'm pretty sure we, we did we did the Everton review didn't we and uh, we, both of us were adamant that yeah he was I think shit. we did yeah uh, and <laughs> you'll probably listen are. back to Fa- found the members of I know, the fan club I'm, I mean it, it's just crazy <laughs> he just looks he just feels like he can really change a game and he's just He's been exceptional every time he's played. Um, and Lukic, I'd have probably started as well because I think he's done well this season. But it's a tricky one. We've got so many options in midfield. Harrison Reed as well. Kearney always puts in a good performance. We're, we're so spoiled for choice in the middle of the park that I don't envy Marco Silva. But obviously, the more we lose, the more he's going to change it up, I feel. And I feel like he does need to change it up for Villa. At the back, we didn't really have many options, especially centre-half. Um, it was always going to be Raymond Bassey. As much as I like Luke Defoe's role, I feel like a Premier League debut at home to Manchester United would have been slightly too far um, for him. But, you know, maybe a Premier League debut isn't too far away. Who knows? Um, but he looks good. He looks very good. So Didn't we do that with Liam Rosinha once that he, he got man of the match? Oh, my. I mean, you're testing me now. I was about seven, so... Yeah. <laughs> Not to make no you guys excuse. feel old. No, I'm sure we threw Rosinha in for his debut against United at home. But <laughs> uh, everything else does. <laughs> but yeah, it's... um. This is now the sound of three men Googling Liam Rosinha right now to, to find out when did he make his debut for Fulham. There we go. Let's have a look. Uh, da, 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 da. 
don't know that this isn't making good radio. Let's great, move on. Great that, content. That's, that's, sat here. Yeah, this is this is this is what all, all the listeners tune in for is is us googling random former. But yeah, as I was saying, we've got. Sorry, mate. Go on. Sorry, I was just going to say as as we as I was saying, we've you know we've got good options. We've got good options all over the pitch, but it, up front, I think we're really just being let down. And ultimately, it's stopping this team because the wingers and the midfielders, I feel like, don't trust the striker enough. And it's, we're just not creating any chances. And if we're not going to create many chances, we're not going to score any bloody goals. And there's a reason we're second bottom on goal scored. So, you know, we're in a real catch-22. And it just highlights how much we need a proper, proper number nine in January. As much as I love Vinicius. But, um, yeah, we need a new striker. It's interesting because we're playing a team, or we were playing a team on, on Saturday who, for all of our problems, are even more of a basket case than, than, than most places. I Apparently, they had a striker on the pitch. I didn't really hear much from him. But we had one moment in the first half where the VAR gods shined on us, mainly because poor old concussed i think he was concussed by that point um harry, harry Maguire was wandering around in the penalty box and thankfully wandered towards the ball which um the var people decided was was offside i want to talk briefly about Maguire here because i'm a rugby fan watch a lot of it and the hia sorry the head um impact uh, assessment protocols that are there need work in rugby in football they are beyond a joke because that lad was not he didn't play terrible so maybe he should be concussed more often to get his stats up but he was not well and again he was left on the pitch i just want to ask your guys opinion maybe i'm being too kind to him because i thought you know he might show up at fulham in the summer weirder things have happened but that was not good because he clearly looked more spaced out than he normally does after that contact, which wasn't a, a huge contact as well. But somebody, something bad is going to happen to a player because these checks are not being followed. It's bad enough in rugby, even though they have to go off and do all the protocols and things. The checks in football, in my opinion, are wrong because he was not right. And it took the, the the officials too long to get him off the pitch. No, I completely agree with that. It was clear in it was opening two minutes, wasn't it? After that that clash with Munoz, that he, he he wasn't right. And I mean, the commentators said it straight away. Cameras focused on him. You could tell. I mean, absolutely, it is incredible that he was allowed to to carry on. And it's not even as if he he kind of came out of it because in the second half, the referee stopped the game and called on the Manchester United medical team and said, listen, he's, you know, he's not, he's concussed, he stays, he's confused. Um, and yet still he stayed on. And you're right, he was actually very good. I, You know, he, he gets, he gets a hard time, much of it unfairly. Um, but he's capable of having very good games. Unfortunately, he had one on Saturday, but I think, yeah, more, more worrying is the fact that he was allowed to, to play on after clearly sort of being in no fit condition to do so. Wigo, how did you feel he was he was doing? Yeah, I kind of echo what Sam said, really, but especially about his performance. I thought he was very good. I thought Johnny Evans had a very good game as well, which is really annoying because if you come up against a team and you see Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans at centre-half, centre you sh- and coming out of that with no goal scored is really not good enough, quite frankly. I mean, Johnny Evans is in his late 30s now. Um, but they were both brilliant on Saturday. Yeah, they both played really, really well. So there's not a lot you can say. Obviously, as you say about the concussion rule, yeah, it does need reviewing. The problem is a fool's like, player safety sometimes takes a back seat, which is obviously completely wrong. Um and yeah, I think they're so focused on what's going on in other parts of the game, like VAR. We really need to have that discussion about concussion again. And I know Ryan Mason was a big advocate of it, um, obviously after his injury, and I'm sure Raúl Jiménez would be as well with head injuries. Um, so yeah, it's 
it's important that every player is safe. It doesn't. I also wonder how much kind of. Yeah, I was going to say it's important that every player is safe. It doesn't matter who they are, who they play That's... for, if you like them or not, every player should be safe. So, um, so yeah, more needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to to say I do wonder how much sort of that narrative around Maguire sort of fed into. He clearly wanted to stay on the pitch, and you wonder, like, is it him trying to prove a point? He's in the team. He's he's criticised like widely so often that you know he's desperate to sort of show what he's made of, and and yeah, it's not a decision that he should be making. It should be taken out of his hands, and as you say, the um, the right protocol should have been in place to make sure that he was taken off and dealt with. I'm sure there's going to. Well, I say I'm sure there's going to be more on that. There probably won't because it gets talked about five minutes and then everyone forgets about it to the next time a player takes a headshot. But let's go on to more positive things because the second half, there was a purple patch for Fulham. And again, this comes back to our, our striker issues because there was... Yeah. It, I, I'm, 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 I'm sighing because... We come up against possibly one of the shakiest keepers in the league and we kind of make him look good by shooting the ball straight at him, not having to make him work a bit too much. But for a period of time there, it looked like we might get that goal. Paulini had a great shot, but there was a, that sort of stretch lasted about sort of 10, 10, 15 minutes where it was looking good. We go, how are you feeling during that? Because I had a suspicion that we were going to sneak one and then hope, hopefully make away like bandits. Of course, that didn't happen. It's all my fault because I jinxed it. But how were you feeling during that period in the second half? Because they came out and they, they were firing. Yeah, the confidence was flowing, wasn't it? We looked good. I, I did think a goal was coming. I think that Polina chance was the biggest one. And, you know, Joao's been great all season, but he sh- he should score that, you know, I I feel. I've only seen it the once. I've still been too pissed off to watch the highlights, really. Um, so I'm going by my memory. <laughs> but he uh, he should have scored. And I do think, yeah, Anana's shaky, but he made a good few saves. I know they were straight at him, but, um, you know, the Wilson one was an excellent save. So credit to him. Um, but it was just one of those games again, yet again, you just felt like we weren't going to score. Um, and spoke about it earlier. It just... It just feels it feels all too frequent those sorts of games where you just feel like it's never going to happen, um, which is really disappointing, especially after last season. But yeah, fair play to Anana, fair play to the United defence. They they did a job on us and you know ran away with the win. Um, I'd say a draw was probably fair overall. You know they had a few good chances as well, but we've got to take those chances. You're playing a team like Manchester United in good or bad form. Those chances don't come around that often. You know, you've got to take them. So I think finishing needs to be worked on at Motspur this week, if I'm honest, if a chance does come our way at Villa Park on Sunday. Sam, we had 16 shots on target. Sorry, 16 shots, of which two were on target, which... I I just see a big number and I was happy for a minute. I'm, I'm a simple soul. That's not good, as as we're going to say. Yeah, the finishing, they have they have to get closer than that. That is the problem, and we haven't taken advantage of someone who's had a very shaky start to their to their career at Manchester United um, because he did actually only have those two saves to make from Wilson and Paulinho, and okay, the one from Wilson maybe slightly acrobatic but I think it was you know it was one for the cameras um we didn't we didn't test him and Wigo mentioned earlier that only Burnley have scored fewer goals than us this season um when you look at it in more detail only Burnley and Sheffield United have totaled a lower XG and only Burnley and Everton have had a lower shot conversion it's it is clear where the issue is um and I think Maybe a few sort of more optimistic Fulham fans have been quick to point out, well, you know, we've had the sort of same amount of points as this time last season. We've had a harder start. I don't really buy that. But if we do want to compare it to previous seasons, we have never scored as few amount of goals as this after 11 games of a Premier League season. And the last time we failed to hit double 
figures after 11 league games was was 93 94 and and full of fans of a certain vintage will will just remind people how distressing a campaign that was so yeah uh i mean i, I think they can spend the whole week on uh finishing and shooting practice but I worry it's not going to make too much of a, a difference come match days. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to jump to the end now because I'm getting depressed just re- rehashing all this. What is it with our team and an inability to just kick a ball into row Z when they're into trouble? I, I know, I know, I know the whole play it out from the back philosophy is the way in. I'm an old fart I'm very much of the Stuart Pierce ilk of when you're in trouble and you're pinging the ball around you in your own box and there's a lot of red shirts around you, kick it as far away as you possibly can. Am, am, am I am I just nuts here? Why were they passing it around just outside the, the six-yard box and then standing off Fernandez? Why not just stick it into the Thames, stick it into the Riverside, put it onto Stevenage Road, do whatever you've got to do. Uh, you see, this is why I didn't want to talk about this because it's just winding me up now. I'm having flashbacks of it. We, we go, am I am I nuts or should we get a bit old school in these sort of situations? No, just boot it. I, I completely agree with you. It's a case of fuck around and find out. And boy, did we find out, <laughs> you know. It was just, you know, again, Pauline is not made... I could barely think of a single mistake he's made since he's joined the club, but that one was pretty catastrophic. Um, and I don't want to criticise him because I absolutely love the bloke. But we uh, collectively at the back there, whoever was mucking about of it, it was poor. It was really poor. And we've it, it feels very 2018-19 where I'm starting to count a few goals that we've conceded of our own doing. Reams error against Chelsea, the Bassey goals against Spurs, this one now against Man United, you know, they've cost us games here. It's we've really got to cut this crap out because we can't keep shipping goals like this. We'd stopped that last season. It might have happened a couple of times, fair enough, but it wasn't obvious, it wasn't prevalent, it wasn't an overriding thing of the goals that we've conceded. But now it is. We've really got to stop messing about with it. If, you, if you're if you unsure, put it into touch. Put it into Rose Ed. Um, and as I said at the start of the pod, ultimately, if it falls to a player like Bruno Fernandes, no matter what you think of him, he can change a game. And change the game he did. Leno got a hand to it. Ah, could he have done better? Perhaps might be slightly harsh, unsighted, I think, by Tim Ream. Um so, you know, there's that argument there. But we should never have put him in that situation anyway because that ball should have been out of play or down the other end of the pitch. So um, we can't really sit here and blame Leno because he should have had nothing to do with that situation in the first place. Agreed. Not 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 the keeper's fault on that. Sam? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think we're quite ready to to relive sort of the trauma of some of the defensive displays in 2018-19. But we do still seem to have a good three blunders in us each game. And, you know, we were lucky at Brighton in the first half that they didn't um, take advantage of that. Unfortunately, sort of the three three blunders here happened in the same attack and that ultimately led to the goal. And uh, I think when you have Paulinho and possibly Bern Leno not covering themselves in their usual glory, then I think you've got, got real problems. But I'm, I'm a great advocate for playing the ball out from the back. I understand why it's why teams do it. You know, bring on the opposition, draw them out, make space and, and work the ball behind them. But you need to know when to do it. And <laughs> that was not the time to be trying it. Um, so, yeah, it's just... Uh, a very, very frustrating end to a very frustrating afternoon. One thing that has been causing some interesting conversation, especially in our group chat, is the affordable Fulham protest that happened in the 18th minute, or, you know, the bit just after we won't get into the whole things. But that 
There was the march beforehand organized by the Film Supporters Trust, supported by Film Lilies, and of course, Our Good Selves and many of the other fan media outlets out there as well. From the images I saw, like I said, I was listening to it on the Fulham app. Um, it didn't get mentioned in commentary, funnily enough, from the official <laughs> the official club one. But it looked pretty good, especially the shots of the hammy end. Yes, there's the issue with the TV not mentioning it particularly. They did mention it in the build-up. But for the first step, I thought it looked pretty impressive. It's been mentioned by most of the outlets. The BBC have covered it. Uh, the Guardian were, yeah, usually they're snippy selves about about it. But it's been getting some coverage, and you know we won't go on about the the jeering from the the Man U fans because let's face it, they they've got enough trouble. Um, from my point of view, I think it was a positive start. The FST have put out uh, a statement to uh, the members that went out yesterday, which showed that it was positive. And again, it was a first step. So they will be continuing to push this. There is um, more conversation is going to be happening apparently the next meeting with the club isn't going to be till december now which is a bit of a disappointment but it's begun there's always hope for things to happen but it needs to be clear that the chance about tony khan self-pleasuring himself i don't think we can put this on him we're going to come back to strikers in a minute that we can put on tony khan but this is board here in the UK. This is not ownership issue. This is very much on Ali Mack's shoulders. Alistair McIntosh, the CEO. Where do you guys fall on this? Because I can rant quite happily about this for a bit, but no one needs to hear that from me because I, <laughs> I already talked to Simon about this on a previous pod. Sam, how did you think it came across um, and on, on the media as well, besides uh, the snippiness that we've, we've discussed? Uh, so I think the first thing to say is how necessary it was and well done to everyone involved um, for getting it in place. I, I wasn't there on Saturday. I'd, I'd succumbed to COVID. Um, but as you say, it was covered by TNT Sports prior to kickoff. And I think to have that sort of spotlight shot upon the issue by one of the Premier League's main broadcasters is a real achievement. Um, however, watching at home, um, probably with one eye on the dog on another on my four in fantasy team. The the 18th minute yellow car process completely passed me by. I, I actually forgot about it until half time when it was mentioned. Um and I've seen some some criticism online from Fulham fans since and I don't really know why that's why that's necessary really. It just seems to be the way things are. Uh and you know, I don't want to generalise, I don't want to blame everything on the, the youth. This isn't the Daily Mail. Um, but it, it does seem to be a younger demographic. Now, I really like sort of the, the boisterous sort of teenage element of our sort of fan base. I think you need to have sort of that loud and leery pack at away games. But this it seems like there's a, a bit of an irony here because we lost a whole generation of supporters during our years in the doldrum in the sort of late 80s and early 90s so by the time I was that age when I was at my most boisterous when I wanted to be loud and leery there was like a handful of, of fans sort of that age um, but we managed to like claw that back through years of success on the pitch but without resistance to what the club are, are doing now it's in danger of happening again because if I can't afford to take my son to games and other long-standing fans can't afford to take their young children those kids aren't going to be still around at, at the cottage when their boisterous teenage years arrive, and you know, you know, these are the people that we need to sort of sing the side onto victory at some far-flung northern outpost on a Tuesday night. Um, they'll they're our future, and their right to be able to attend games needs to be protected now by sort of the current crop of fans. So, I feel like as a fan base, we need to get behind what's happening. I thought it was a really a positive start, but now. As you say, it's a time to be unified, not to rest on any laurels and and take it to the next stage, whatever that may be. How did you feel about it saying please on the yellow card, Wigger? It was very polite, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but it, it, but I, I, it was very Fulham. But I, 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 don't, I don't see an issue with it. 
you know, at the end of the day, I don't think, I don't think that matters to me personally. The message is being put across and ultimately it's great that it's getting media coverage, but the people that need to see those cards would have seen it because they should have been sat there in that ground looking at it. And that person's Alistair McIntosh. And I've spoken about him on here before. And I think the bloke is an absolute idiot. And I don't know how he has still got a job, quite frankly. He only seems to come out of the woodwork when Shahid Khan's in town. Other than that, you don't see him or hear from him, other than on the supporters' trust notes. And that's when he can be bothered to turn up. Um, Yeah, this issue boils down to him, quite frankly, as a chief executive officer. And quite frankly, I think he's run the club atrociously. And he needs to he needs to be able to stop he needs to be stopped from getting away with it. Too long now. And the club are really piggybacking on this. Tourists come over, want to watch a Premier League game, they'll pay anything for it. It's not right. It's not right. The amount of Man United fans in that home end the other day was a joke. The amount of Chelsea fans in the home end the other week was a joke. You, this has got to stop. The club don't give a shit who sits in their stand as long as someone does and pays top dollar for it. We're not we're not challenging for the Champions League. We can barely score a fucking goal for a start. So it's not even like <laughs> not even like you're getting value for money at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Last season a little bit more, but the, but you know who do we who do we think we are? Who does Alistair McIntosh think he is? He's a disgrace, and whether it's his pricing strategy or not, ultimately, he's leading the board over here. He should take responsibility for this. It's an absolute disgrace, and I completely back the action being taken. Completely. See, he's got so wound up, it's killed his Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Alistair McIntosh has cut him off. The, 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 the Fulham Secret Service are listening in on, 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 all, on all these elements. <laughs> I, I, I think there's Wigan made an excellent point there, Sam, which is the problem with we shall call them tourists, but away fans in home ends. You see the shots from behind Fernandez when he scores. There's a lot in the Putney end, um, and yeah, there was the case at the Chelsea game. There was the the guy that got bloodied who wasn't even a Chelsea fan. Um, he just got picked out as one. Emotions are getting hotter especially as performances don't get particularly better. In a game like that, last-minute winner, it only takes someone who's maybe had a couple to do something silly to someone sitting somewhere where they shouldn't, and we've got a whole other problem. And again, I would say that sits with the decision to maximise sale of tickets over ensuring that those tickets go to Fulham. Yeah, absolutely. I think if... Ever there was a a shot sort of indicative of the situation that we're in now, it was that one facing the Putney End goal where you could see the, uh, the the Manchester United fans in home areas celebrating the winning goal. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, something could go wrong. Um, it's always been an issue. Uh, I remember even sort of the the couple of years that we were at Loftus Road and we played Manchester United there and. I remember Manchester United fans being in uh, in the same in the Fulham end, and you know I was probably I was at that boisterous age that I was talking about earlier, and I, I tried to get myself involved in something because it does feel like a, it feels like an invasion on your own territory, but when the club are so freely, so readily you know, facilitating it to happen, it, it stings that a little bit more. And, you know, we know they don't really care as long as those seats are filled. They, they'll keep pushing the prices up. But um, they're doing it at the expense of of both genuine long-term Fulham fans and the prospect of future and Fulham fans too. I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a second. There, there's always going to be neutrals in the football ground. There's always going to be away supporters, maybe sitting with a few mates in the home end, have the good grace to have a smug grin and stay on your ass. And and if, yeah, we, 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 we've, we've all, we've all been there. Some point. 
as 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 much as we probably won't admit it, uh, we just put this on a podcast. We're in trouble now. But you know, have have a monicum of grace. Now, I have no time for Manchester United supporters. I was at the FA Cup game last season, right on the edge of the away end, and as I walked out, a whole pile of cones came flying at us from a bunch of United fans. So, no no shop for them anymore. But just have an ounce of grace take the win smile walk out get get back with your mates and enjoy it don't start jumping up and down because there could be someone who isn't in that moment in their right mind and that that's that's my that's my my worry and that's not us no and it, and it, it could could happen um but as you say it's like those manchester united fans have clearly they feel empowered to be able to celebrate like that in that that section of the ground because of because of what Fulham have, have allowed it to become um and as much as anything it's it's you know it's embarrassing as a fan base when you know, we, we see other other supporters of other teams look at it and comment and it seems like uh yeah the club uh Rather than trying to stop that situation from occurring, they're doing everything in their power to make sure that it does. You know, we're not alone in that predicament. I've seen Bournemouth supporters complaining about the same issue this week about um, fans of Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal in the home ends when they play. So it's always going to be something that does affect the smaller teams at this level. But it's nice to believe that you at least have your club on side and try to make sure that every Fulham fan it's, who wants to see the it's, game it's, Unfortunately, it's policy with us. It doesn't matter who, who gets the tickets. Like, we go, are you back with us, sir? Let's just test test the facilities. I'm back, I think. Hey, there we go. Can you hear Yay! me? Yes. Did I cut off halfway so, through my rant? Oh. You know, it, to be to be fair, it was a good rant, and I think it works better than the last. A strange Scottish man came in and <laughs> cut you off, and I, I don't know who he was. It he was wearing a suit and being very uh, ineffectual. <laughs> Great. There you go. I, I don't I don't want to labour this point any further. But have you, if, what have you got to say about the uh, the away the <laughs> the away supporting areas where they shouldn't they shouldn't have been? Oh yeah. Just shut up! Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, just don't be an arsehole, for God's sake. Like as you say, it happens. It happens everywhere, but just, just don't be a knobhead. It's, it's pure and simple. Like you're in the home end, and yeah. that's good advice for yeah, life. Don't in general, be a dickhead. I mean. But I mean, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, you could go to somewhere a lot more. In the, I mean, most places are a lot more intimidating than Fulham. But ultimately, you could go somewhere and. They'll kick your head in, probably. So, you know, just don't be a dick. And, well, don't do it altogether, really. The club shouldn't allow them to do it for a start. But obviously, they've got. There's no way they can stop them either. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real tricky one, but it, it does wind me up. It really does. So, I, I think just, just, dear listener, take a moment to think about what the affordable, affordable Fulham process is trying to do there's lots of aspects to it it's not just about ticket prices it's ensuring that the fulham faithful can get in to the craven cottage going forward we're not talking about ticket prices for the next tier a plus team or whatever they call it that comes we're talking about for the next few years down the line we're thinking about it for our kids we're thinking about the club that we remember the club that we know now and what the club can be going forward now, someone who's been the voice of the club for a long, long time is Gentleman Jim. If you were listening on the Fulham FC app, you would have heard Jamie manfully commentating the entire match on his own and with multiple pauses for drinks of water. But Jim was taken on well. He's had, I believe, four stents put in um, over, the, over the weekend. So all of us here at Fulham Focus just want to send Jim our very best and send hopes for a speedy recovery so that he'll be back on the airwaves again because he has been the voice for many a classic moment for those of us who haven't been able to to make it to games so 
all the best to him and well done jamie for keeping keeping the show on the road and me informed on saturday in deepest darkest wales now a couple questions to wrap up before we just have a quick chat about villa which yeah let's face it that's gonna be fun strikers um we've got what about seven weeks now till the transfer window will we see any movement this could be a one word answer really will we see any movement before the transfer window for us to have someone arriving on january 1st or will we be having somebody arrive in the early hours of february 1st or whatever when the window closes at the moment we go how how are you feeling are we going to see some miraculous brazilian that i heard earlier being touted around who did quite well in the the um, couple of libertores final i believe i I hope so. I, I don't feel like Marco Silva signs without some sort of assurance of backing in January, because I'm sure he mm. knows as much as the rest of us that we need to we need some new bodies through the door as well. Um, so I would think so. How early on we'll see. We know Khan likes a late deal because that's when it's cheapest. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I do think we'll sign someone though because I think even Marco knows that this can't go on like this so we've really got to put our hands in our pockets and fork out some big money for a striker and maybe some other bits on the pitch as well other positions center half wouldn't be bad but that's not the worry at the moment sam no i think uh i, I agree with we go there i think all of us when marco signed the contract just our first instinct was well okay he must be getting backed in january but do I trust the club to get it right? Well, I have I have low expectations there, and um, you know the, the the transfer window opens in seven weeks. Why not get that deal lined up before then? Why not have someone ready to come in on on January the first? Um, get them training, get them playing in the cup games, and just because the chances of them if we we do bring them in late and linking. The two uh, two plot paths together is it's very much a, a Macintosh thing. I think Tristan has has done some some research into this, and we started the the late signings in windows ever since Macintosh uh, came in as CEO in two thousand and eight. Um, yeah, do, do will we bring someone in? Will we bring the right player in? And will they slot seamlessly in a new club, in a new city, new country, new league? new role, new tactics, would they hit the ground running? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it would take a lot for that to happen and go right. And um, I, I just don't trust the club at the moment in terms of recruitment to get it right. But again, it's something that I hope I'm, I'm wrong about. I hope we do get the right person in who can uh, finally sort of replicate some of what Mitrovic has been, uh, was able to do last season. I'm sure when J-Mac and Morgs get back on this pod together, there will be a list as long as whatever you want to call a long list of random strikers from around Europe and the world that they can regale you with. I can't pronounce most of their names, let alone tell you anything about them, but I think I'll take just about anybody. Danny Ings, moment. I think. I oh, don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> there we go. Let's look ahead to Villa because we've been, we've been rabbiting on for a bit. And to be fair, this 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 one has to be a free hit because they're on fire at the moment and it's you know the way we're playing at the moment uh i don't have high hopes for it um and thankfully j max got to do this episode next that episode next week so good luck to him um on that one but how are we feeling heading heading well midlands it's not really north is it but i mean yeah, this is a sore one for me, actually. One of my closest friends is a is a Villa fan and um, must have been around about January or February last year when we were flying after the World Cup and Unai Emery was still uh, getting to grips with Villa. He, he wagered £50 with me on who would finish highest <laughs> in the Premier League and it was an absolute no-brainer. I mean... Probability-wise, it, it made absolute sense to take him on, and I didn't see any way that I could lose. But lose, I did, and uh, 
yeah, Villa have just been, um, you know, one of the best teams in the Premier League in, in 2023. So, yeah, I, I, they've won the last 12 at home, haven't they, in the Premier League? And that includes beating us at the, the tail end of last season. And I, I can't see anything beyond another another win for them here. I think maybe the one one thing to cling some hope to is the fact that they play in Europe on Thursday evening. Um, maybe that will have some kind of effect on them as it possibly did on Brighton or at least in terms of the amount of changes that Brighton made for their, their game against us. Um, but I mean, if, if you offered me a draw now, I'd snap your hand off. But I think it's going to be... Uh, Another uh, fruitless, toothless, and pointless afternoon. We go. Come on, let, let's take let's take some positives there. They are conceding over a goal a game at the moment. They've scored twenty six, let in sixteen in eleven games. So Leo, sixteen let in. That's that's got to mean for our on fire front line that we're going to get something out of it, aren't we? Well, I hope so because I'm going on Sunday. So <laughs> I, I'd like. To, I, I hope. I hope we'll get something. <coughs> Do I think we will? Oh, that's another question. Um, I was saying to Sam, actually, before we started recording, that I went to Villa away last year and I was 10 minutes late and I missed our only shot, which was in the first minute. So, and we only lost 1-0. So I would say it can't get any worse, but it probably could. Um, but we're getting the train this time. But yeah, I, I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? They're going to want to bounce back after losing to Forest. Um, they're a really, really good side. It's all about stopping Ollie Watkins, right? I mean, he's been on form other than on Sunday. Um, so I feel like he'll have a point to prove as well. They're, they're so good. It's really annoying because that's what we should have aimed to be when we got promoted over them at Wembley. Um, and they've absolutely smashed it. And I, I really do rate Emery. Not, I'm not trying to lick Aston Villa's arse here because... Still glad we beat them, but Emery's a great manager um, and he's done a great job of them. So it's going to be a real tough ask on Sunday, but let's hope we can do what we did at Brighton and go into it expecting nothing and come out with something. I do feel there are there are a couple of areas that, that could feasibly be exposed, perhaps by a team with more uh, attacking thrust than we do. I do think that Emiliano Martinez is one of the most overrated goalkeepers I've ever seen. <laughs> I think he's an absolute imbecile um, who who seems to have forged a reputation on <laughs> just being a, a semi competent Argentine goalkeeper and uh, saving a few penalties. But he but he won the um, World Cup, so he must be great. Yeah, yeah. Don't we know it? Um, but I mean, they, uh, otherwise they've got so many other like really talented players and uh, yeah as I say it begrudges me because I do have this this rivalry with my friend who I haven't actually given that £50 yet I don't plan to um, but he uh, he challenged me to name a combined Fulham Villa 11 at the start of the season and uh, again it's something else I've been putting off I'm not sure how many of our players will actually get into it well after this Sunday there'll be a few there we go let, let, let's let's take some take some positivity out of this because yeah, we we do this for fun we get together and we we blow off steam and we 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 hopefully look positively into the future and and see i don't know three nil dropping i was super positive about the spurs game and that bit me in the ass so i'm i'm, I'm not being positive about this one i think i think it's gonna be interesting that, who, who have they got they've got uh az altmart on um uh thursday night so hopefully the good old az crew do a do a number on them and <laughs> they're a bit short, short come, come Sunday afternoon. But we go, we do hope you survive the train journey up that a, there'll be trains running on a Sunday um, and not too many cans of Tyski to keep, to keep you warm. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Won't we? I might need it to numb the pain, especially if we can see the last minute winner again, but you know, one step at a time. Oh no, no, the, the Villa are actually good. They're going to score a lot, a lot sooner than the last minute. I'm Class. sure. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, as always, 
this is this has made me smile. Hopefully, we made the odd listener smile as well. I I I don't think we can flog this anymore. This this is that sort of horrible period before runner games where you just think you got to smile. The sun was out today. That was quite nice. It was it was it was chilly, but it was it was nice. Let, let's take some positives. We've got the international break coming up, which means we don't have to worry about Fulham for a week. We can just watch Harry Wilson scoring goals for fun for Wales because apparently that's what he does now. Again, on Harry Wilson. <laughs> Has he ever scored a free kick for Fulham? I was racking my brains on this earlier. I, I can't remember him scoring one. But such a high percentage of his goals prior to joining the club were free kicks. Like it was pretty much his speciality. Just because he had that one on, on you Saturday. You must know was... everyone's free kick ability goes out the window as soon as they sign for Fulham Football Club. It's always been the way. Who was the last player that was good at free kicks? Well, Cabano had a spell. And then that went again. Mickey Adams. Jimmy Bullard. Joe, Joe Bryan hit two absolute belters. Bryan, I know he scored the one against Brentford. Yeah. Did he score another I, I, one? I, I, it was two. It was two um, two free kicks and the two lobs over um, Reyes. The second one was, yeah, uh, it was a one-two move and a one-two. Yeah. Was it? I was, it's, in, it's in my head that it, they were both no, free second. kicks. Second. It, it just what you've me. done there is... You've been watching the replay so much, you've convinced yourself it's two goals. Yeah, it was a one-two with uh, Mitrovic, wasn't it? Yeah. Second one. Or he he who shall not be named. Yeah. That greedy bastard. (laughs) We, we, well, we we can can name him, but it's it's just usually the the four-letter words that come after his name. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Poor chap. Any, anyways, fat, I tried that with two T's. Yes, there you go. Um, I'm, I, I was trying to end this positively, and we've done what we always do, which is just complain about Mitro. So, gentlemen, Sam Wigo, thank you so much for helping me recover from yet another mis- miserable day against Manchester United. Thank you so much for joining joining us. Thank you. Wigo doesn't want to say goodbye to everybody because he's still he's still annoyed. He's now thinking about Mitra. <laughs> Wi-Fi's gone again. My, the Wi-Fi probably has gone again. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we are... Ah, there he is. He's, he's back again. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are Hello. back. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see, we're a professional outfit. Everything works perfectly. We are back next week. You'll be pleased to hear that J-Mac is in the chair. He is at the game at Aston Villa, so he can commiserate with... With Wigo about making the trek up there. So normal service will be resumed and as always higher quality when the man himself is in the chair. Please do all take care of yourself. Jim, if you're listening, all the best. Get well soon. And for all of you that are heading up there on Sunday, come on, you whites. It's going to be great. I'm going to be positive again. We're going to get something out of it. And if we haven't screwed it up, up yet, I think I just have. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye. Fulham.